Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, Owen Jones here. Welcome to the podcast. Now, Ian Lavery is someone who needs to be listened to as regards the future of Labour politics. He is a former trade union leader. He's a former miner. Um, he represents a solidly working class community of, of the sort that Labour has gone backwards in. And I speak to him uh, about Keir Starmer's self-evidently disastrously faltering leadership, about where Labour's going wrong, about what needs to happen, whether it can be turned round, if Labour lose the upcoming battle in spend by-election, is it curtains? What should the left do? The future of Labour, so many things we talk about, as well as working class politics, something he's very passionate about, and Labour was founded, of course, to represent working class people. Uh, so it's a huge amount we talk about. Do support us on patreon.com forward slash owenjones84 if you want to support the podcast and the channel and uh, help us decide who we speak to and what, what kind of documentaries we do. We've got loads of them coming up. Or use the support function in the podcast description and uh, give us five stars and a review. At the very least, please subscribe. With that said, please listen to my chat with Ian. I am very honoured to have with me Ian Lavery. My cat is attacking the camera. Let's see how far we get through without the... This did happen mid-interview once, Ian. Cat just threw the camera on the floor. It was hugely embarrassing. How are you doing, Ian? Um, very well in terms of health. Um, looking forward to, to getting through this restful COVID pandemic. Look forward to having proper meetings and discussions and um, seeing people who I haven't seen for probably over 14 months. And You know, it's always better, uh, not just with your friends, but with your, your enemies as well, to be able to see the colour of the eyes when you're discussing different things. So I'm looking forward to having like a, a meeting with people around the table where we have proper discussions. And, um, and, and I don't think that's too far away, so... As far as that's concerned, fantastic. Politically, well, it would be it would be wrong of me to say that I'm like absolutely delighted because it's, it's, it's quite the opposite. Let's um, start with that. I'm going to start. Right. With, let's go straight in. I'm going to ask you just a very straightforward question. Keir Starmer stood on a platform including ten pledges, which were the radical domestic policies of the Corbyn era. Uh, for unity, electability, competence. Did he lie to the Labour membership? Well, let we let we be absolutely frank with each other because if, if we cannot be honest with each other, then we need to pack in. And the reality is when when Keir stood, he had that ten point plan, ten pledges, and, and one of them was was unity. And forgive me for saying this, you know, I know I'm from the northeast, and I've been proud to follow the miners' banners and the trade union banners all my life. Uh, you know, unity is strength. 
and united we stand, divided we fall. These these slogans are so so important. That was, in my view, the main point in in Kia's time, uh, ten point plan. Kia promised unity. He promised that he understood that the party was fractured and we needed to come together, everyone, uh, in order to, to put the party uh, in line to win the next general election uh, in 2024, as people saw at the end. It might be a lot earlier, uh, in, in my view. And that just hasn't happened, I'm afraid. You know, Kia, and you've got a question. Is it Kia? Is it the people in his office? Is it Lotto? Uh, is it Mandelson? Is it Blair? Who on earth is running the Labour Party at this moment of time? And it's, it's, it's a huge concern. But Keir, at the election, obviously he had to have some form of connection with the, the, the Corbyn left. And uh, the 10-point plan looked pretty exciting. It looked as if we could stomach that. But, but Keir hasn't stuck to his 10-point plan. I, I'm afraid he, he's went back over... Um, and he, he, the party, in my view, now, and not just the PLP, not just the CLPs, uh, not just the membership, uh, are, are more divided now than they have been for, for quite some time. A lot of people feel really let down. And, you know, as of what's happened in the past few weeks, for example, people are saying, what on earth do we stand for? What does Keir stand for? Where is he? He's invisible. Where is the Labour Party? Who are the Labour Party? Who's making the decisions? What are the policies anymore? And the big question is, what are we going to do going forward? Because we cannot just keep navel-gazing. We cannot just keep arguing among ourselves, looking to see who can be expelled next, which CLP should be expelled, who from the, uh, the, the officials running the CLPs can be the next on the list. Who can be led back in the party? What about the Ford inquiry? What about the report with regards to, you know, the internal wranglings within the party? We've got to try and move on. We've got to, we've got to stand for something. We went in a hearty pool, Owen. We went in a hearty pool last week, and people were frightened and knocked on doors because they weren't sure what we actually stood for anymore. If we keep doing that, we'll never, ever get power. When you look at those results last week, uh, when you see the results, you know, Hartlepool um, across, you know, there was the worst local election results of a new opposition leader for 40 years. Um, but also Labour did make progress in other places in the country. I'm thinking of Salford. I'm thinking of Preston. I'm thinking of Manchester and Randy Burnham, actually. So what does that tell us? What does that tell us about where Labour went backwards? And it's only the third time in the last 50 years that an opposition party has lost a by-election to the government. But what does it tell us about the other results as well, as, you, as far as you're concerned? Well, it, it, it's quite quite simple. It's not rocket science. And that is, you know, in the places you mentioned, uh, in, in, in Wales is a, is a great example. Wales, uh, in Salford, in Manchester, in Liverpool, uh, all these areas where you've got good, solid leadership, clear vision of the future, some proper narrative of where we are and where we want to be and delivered properly uh, via the, the, the leadership structures. We haven't got that nationally. 
We haven't got that nationally. And of course, what's really important is the policies which they are pursuing, the, 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 the left of centre, and that's what people want to hear. Never mind what people are saying about the policies in 2017 and 2019, that they were just a, 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 a bag of goodies that people said we couldn't deliver. We can deliver most of those policies. Uh, they've, got to be, uh, they've got to be delivered uh, properly. We've got to have the right message. And that's, that's what big failure at national level. What do we stand for, Owen? And, you know, they, what, what, what Kia actually did very early on, the new slogan, away from not the many, not the few, which was a, an all-electric uh, um, embracing slogan. It was a brilliant slogan. It still is, but now it's under new leadership. What that means is, I'm not Jeremy Corbyn. But so what? People aren't interested in Kia telling people, is not Jeremy Corbyn? Because, you know, uh, he could take a few leaps out of the Jeremy Corbyn's book, couldn't he? I mean, uh, that, then that's that's another subject, of course. But it's about messaging in Wales, the way that they've the, the, the gained seats and they've maintained uh, different constituencies brilliant under Mark Drakeford. And then you've got, you know, the likes of Andy and Steve and others, and you've got Salford, as you mentioned. Uh, they've got policies, you know, like re-nationalising the, the, the buses, for example. You know, I remember when Jeremy Corbyn actually went to PMQs to talk about the, 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 the bus system in this country, and he was laughed at through the press. Look what it's doing the likes of, of uh, Andy Burnham's patch. People love it. People love progressive policies, which make a big difference to them. Um, and, and, and that's the difference. The difference is people standing up for ordinary people, people understanding what they're saying and recognising how we can change their lives uh, and having trust, because, again, that's a massive thing, having trust in the, the leadership. But it's about the leadership getting out there being seen, saying the right things, what they say being understood by the electorate, and that's the only way we can achieve success. It's happening in these areas. It isn't happening nationally, I'm afraid. Keir Starmer moved to sack Angela Rayner as party chair in the aftermath of the results. Um, he actually planned a wider reshuffle as well, which didn't happen. What's your take on that? Well, it wasn't a reshuffle, was it? To be honest with you, it was a, a mini, mini reshuffle. Um, and, and I think t at that point in time, uh, you've got to question whose decision it was to have a, a reshuffle on the, like the Saturday night at that particular point in time, uh, and particularly focus on Angela Rayner, um, particularly focus on Angela as the chairperson and as the National Campaign Coordinator, both positions, by the way, which are, I've held within the Labour Party, both positions which are very difficult uh, indeed. But to, to like move uh, Angie, uh, basically sack Angie, that, that, that's my take. Angie was sacked. There was a big kickback, a big blowback by uh, lots of ordinary people, lots of people within the party, lots of people in the communities, uh, supporters of Labour, couldn't believe that uh, uh, that the, the, the leader of the party who said uh, quite robustly uh, in front of the cameras that day that he would take responsibility for what happened in Hartlepool to basically sack uh, a, a northern uh, working class female 
who was associated with the trade union movement, who had come up living in a council estate under uh, being a carer and had you know had experiences of the the, the streets like Hartlepool, uh, which other people haven't had. And I just think it was a it was a huge miscalculation. Now you've got to wonder, Wood. You've got to wonder whether this was Keir's decision. If it is, I'm I'm I'm, I'm frightened for the future. If it was the um, the decision of people in in his office, his advisors, I'm even more afraid of the future because it was such a bad decision to make. And you know what we what we uh, what, what we're hearing. Uh, from the the Sunday papers uh, was that uh, the leaks from the Sunday papers was that he was going to move a whole number of people, uh, but he didn't. He rode back, uh, withdrew this this huge uh, reshuffle, uh, but he got you know he got Rachel Reeves into where he wanted. He got Annalise Dodds into the the chair's position, um, and, and and very few other than that. Barry Vaz was sacked. I thought was doing an excellent job as shadow leader. Of the house, but wasn't a reshuffle. This was an attack on Angela Rayner uh, and the, the the withdrew the roadback. They were extremely concerned at what the general public and, and other people were saying, and the scene is an attack on a northern woman uh, who who was was basically thrown under the bus by Kia and his team. Uh, when really Kia should be taking the responsibility of what happened at Hartlepool. So what do you think the direction is going to be of the leadership in the coming weeks? And I think a lot of people think or suspect, not just, you know, whether they're on the right or the left, that there's going to be an attempt to further marginalise the left, whether it be through the new chief whip, uh, finding reasons to uh, withdraw the whip from left-wing MPs, uh, whether it be trying to change the leadership rules to stop anyone on the left ever being able to get the nominations in order to enter the contest in the future, uh, whether it be or giving the MPs the whip hand again in terms of uh, the le- who the leader is, just, just even if they're in the contest, make it virtually impossible for them to win. Uh, institutionally, changing the Labour Party to shut down democratic processes. Do you think that's likely? And if so, what... What on earth does the left do? Because I think a lot of people might look at the left in Parliament and think, very fragmented, no strategy, not united. They're going to get absolutely battered by an offensive against them. You know, and I've been a member of Parliament for 11 years, uh, trade union representative for army life, and being on the left, you would expect to get battered. You get battered all the time because you want big change and you're never happy. Uh, if you're not getting battered, you're not doing your job properly. If you're not, you know, if you're not getting attacked by uh, the bosses, if you're not getting attacked by those in power, then quite frankly, you're not doing your job properly. You've got to be up for that. You've got to, at times you get battle weary, by the way, but you've got to pick yourself up, dress yourself down, and understand quite clearly that uh, it never, ever in, 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 in your lifetime will you ever achieve what you want to achieve. You achieve some victories. Once you achieve them, you've got to fight like mad to ensure that you keep those, you know, th- those advances. And you've got to fight like mad to make sure that you, you continue to try and progress uh, the lives of, of, of the people who you, you proudly represent. Getting battered shouldn't be a problem. You, you, you should expect it. What will Kia do? Well, Kia, in, in my view, you know, when you're heading in the wrong direction, which I think Kia is doing, it, it's time 
to stop. It's time to put the brake on, park up, and look at the options available. Look at the fork in the road. Look at the avenues that you must take. Because if you keep heading forward, you'll enter no man's land and you'll become utterly lost. So Kia really has got a, a huge decision, critical decision, you know, and, and it's critical for the future of the Labour Party on whether he wants to, to revert back to what he promised everyone when he stood for the election of the, the Labour Party, the leader of the Labour Party. His, his 10 points talk about unity. Whether he wants to, to listen to what uh, Peter Mandelson is saying. And by the way, I should have mentioned that uh, in the reshuffle, uh, Nick Brown was moved. Nick Brown was a, a fantastic whip, a unifying whip. He tried to do whatever he possibly could. And the move Nick Brown was a, a bit of a signal that he wanted someone else in. And it also was a bit of a signal that the, the you know the, the hands of of, of, of uh, Mandelson were on this uh, reshuffle and other things which is happening at this moment of time. So Kia's got a, a critical decision to make. And it's either unity or trying to destroy what we've got left in the, the left of the party, right from the soft left to uh, the left of the party. And I think uh, that that's what he should be be looking at because you know whether we like it or not, we've got some fantastic policies from 2017, 2019. Uh, we we didn't get it right at the election. I was a, a national joint national campaign coordinator uh, and chairman. Uh, I did me very very best. I promised everybody that I did me very very best, and I apologise for the the situation we ended up with. It's not for the want. If trying, but at the end of the day, we did have a lot of fantastic policies. That's sure now because the Tories are stealing our clothes. They were laughing at our policies in 2019, yet they've adopted a, a good few of them, including the, the, the Wi-Fi for all sort of thing. How, how beneficial could that have been to everybody across society, from the top businessman to the, the, the little kid uh, in, in, in the street? With we're running through the COVID pandemic, you know, keeping them connected to where they need to be connected to, education-wise, etc. So he has got this decision to make, um, and you know, he, he, he's he's been listening to everyone. Everybody's been very clear, but it is interesting, isn't it, that that, that Tony Blair's back on the scene, uh, attacking Kier actually. Uh, Mandelson, who's advising him, is attacking him as well. So. Kia needs to sit back and, and think the best way forward for the Labour Party. And the only way forward is uh, in, in a position of strength, a position of unity. Uh, unity is strength. Unity is strength. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. That said, if the Labour leadership decides, nah, not that keen on unity, actually, quite like to just smash, not just, as you say, the left, the soft left, um, in favour of the right of the Labour Party, in favour of Peter Mandelson, who I have a huge amount of evidence is doing extensive work on behalf of the Labour leadership, yeah. whether that's through Keir Starmer or his chief of staff, uh, who is very close personally to Peter Mandelson and indeed ran Liz Kendall's uh, Blairite leadership campaign. I'm sure she'd be happy with that description, so that's factually fine, back in 2015. Um, if that doesn't happen and they say, well, actually, we'd prefer uh, to marginalise the left over party unity, I spoke to your colleague, your comrade, your very good friend, John Trickett, um, a few days ago, and he suggested that the left should consider a leadership challenge if there isn't a change in direction, and if that is the course that Keir Starmer and his team have set upon. What do you think about that? Well, I, I wouldn't disagree with the fact that uh, if if Keir decides, it is a critical point that the only way forward for the Labour Party is to you know like keep hammering people like myself, people like John, people in the Socialist Campaign Group. If it's his intention uh, as a leader, just to continue to hammer people within his own party, then you'll see the demise of the Labour Party, let me tell you. You cannot, you cannot continually beat the CLPs, uh, the working members, the supporters, the officials who do work on behalf of the party every single day of the week. They stuff the envelopes, the telephone canvas, they get out there and knock on people's doors, they engage people in conversation uh, and the MPs who are on the socialist camp. You cannot keep battering these people and, and then at election saying, well, this, you know, we, we want you to support us. That's what happened in, in the likes of Hollywood. So as I say, Keir's got this decision to make and that's always murmuring behind the scenes about the potential for the potential for a leadership challenge. And, and you know, I, I, I'm not going to say anything other than that, that those murmurings now. And it's interesting, by the way, the, the information and the people who are talking about this aren't necessarily members of the Socialist Campaign Group, uh, aren't necessarily, uh, you know, members of, of any particular faction. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's people who would generally be seen in the PLP who are in the centre because... Kia promised, he promised to be the captain who would guide the ship, the tanker, in the right direction, turn around, drive it into the middle of the electorate and tell them uh, what we stood for and Labour is on its way to victory. He, that, that's what Kia promised. He hasn't promised that. What he has done since he's been elected is basically, and I'll take your point, by the way, is it him? Is it, his, is it his officials in Lotto? Uh, but he, he spent 14 months attacking the people who we really should be supporting if we are indeed serious to win an election. Well, let me just say this. The PLP, you've got the left, soft left and the left in the PLP, and you've got 
the the, the right wing in the Labour and then the PLP, and they've got a whole array of people in the middle. Most of them are fantastic uh, people, you know, really good MPs. Um, but they're the people that that now are, are wondering whether or not the, the, that Keir is this wonderful captain that can can turn the tanker around. And judging by his performances, um, there's a lot of people questioning whether they actually got it right uh, in the first place. So it'll be interesting. People are always talking about uh, future leaders. Listen, MPs being MPs, there's lots of people think they should be the leader of the Labour Party and think that, uh, you know, that God's gift to politics. That's what MPs generally think, I'm afraid, um, with notable exceptions. Um, but, but, you know, that, that's always these discussions. I generally think, you know, that the, 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 the attacks on Kia, uh, potentially a leadership campaign would be from the right of the party. Uh, and, and, you know, the right of the party is much more brutal and much more ruthless than the, 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 uh, the, the, the centre-left and the left of the Labour Party. So aye, discussions are taking place. Whether they'll mount or anything, I'm not sure. A number of people, lots of people are, are, are just saying, right, OK, we've got Batley in Spain um, probably sometime in July. Um, wait, we'll see what the results of Batley in Spain actually are because it's going to be really difficult in Batley in Spain, uh, which is another issue which you might want to want to discuss. But a lot of people are like, you know, what well, I was set hurdles and challenges um, very early on. And up until now, I think he has like failed on most counts. I mean, just on Batley in Spain, I mean, Harleypool, the Brexit party had a, had a bigger share of the vote although not as big a share of the vote actually as UKIP did in 2015 and then Labour's share of the vote went up drastically in 2017. But in 2019, there was a big Brexit party vote. Um, Batley and Spen, much smaller. Um, and it's a more diverse community in which, uh, for example, there's a big Muslim community who are known traditionally to be very supportive of the Labour Party. So on that basis, people think it's less likely to be lost, although it's only got a small majority of about three and a half thousand. Not that caveat aside, if Labour loses in Batley and Spen, which would, just so everyone is very clear, double the number of by-elections lost by an opposition to the governing party in the last 50 years within the space of a few weeks. So I think we'd all agree that's pretty bad. If that happened... Will that be the end of Keir Starmer's leadership? And how likely do you think it is? You're an MP, you knock on doors, uh, you talk to people in your community. Obviously, it's not Batlin's Ben, but you know, you know, you get a feel of, of what might be going on. You hear lots of other people talking about it. What's your sense on, on all of those things? Well, let, let, let's just say, you know, Keir seems to have already burnt his bridges with, with, with huge sections of the, of the party, whether that be CLPs or whether that be. Uh, the PLP. Um, so he, he's, he's, he's set himself a, a bit of a, a well, target on his back, really, with Batley in Spain. Uh, and as you say, if we lose Batley in Spain, uh, that'll be unbelievably uh, poor from the, the leadership's point of view. But, you know, we've got enthused people. When we went into Hartlepool, we shouldn't forget that there's still lots of people in the likes of Hartlepool who support the Labour Party. They just didn't come out to vote. Uh, I'm seeing no reason 
tick to come out of work because of the way that people in Hartlepool have been tread by uh, the Labour Party. The imposition of a uh, former MP who um, who had lost the election in 2019 just next door in his seat because of his stance on Brexit. That's my view. Why would we have an imposition of a, a, a former MP with those views in Brexit heartlands? Uh, and it, it's just incredibly bad decision-making, whoever made that decision. Why would we impose it against the wishes of the basically the CLP uh, and the one-man long list, one-man short list, imposition, bam, you're in there. Absolutely incredibly poor politics. And look at the, the fact that in, let's think, 2017, I think it was, 2017, we had 21,000 uh, voters supporting the Labour Party. 2019, I think we had around about 15,000 uh, people getting out there to vote for the Labour Party. In 2021, we had just above 8,000. It's a Labour Party members, uh, Labour Party voters who have been, you know, who have withdrawn from support for the party. And you've got to ask the question why. That's why it's important that Batley in Spain, you must have a local candidate, a champion, should have a, you know, a working individual, somebody with a track record, somebody who's worked in that community, for heaven's sake. We cannot just keep pushing people in from uh, wherever uh, because somebody in Lotto might like them. Um, we've got to make sure that we've got a local candidate, community champion, somebody who's delivered in that community, and there we stand a much, much better chance. A key worker, wouldn't it be fantastic to have a key worker selected in in in, in Hartlepool? If if we don't win, uh, sorry, in in in, um, in Batley and Spain, if we don't win Batley and Spain, I think there'll be severe repercussions. And people will be generally, generally looking at the political situation within the party, and there'll be it'll not just be murmurs about a, 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 a leadership challenge. I think there'll be manoeuvres uh, and, and strong manoeuvres to challenge the leader. Uh, and that's not a threat. It really isn't a threat, by the way. It's called politics. It's in fact, it's simple politics. That's what happens. I remember. When I was in, you know, in as one of Jeremy's five-star generals, you know, when Jeremy first was what was elected to the leader, the the, the hurdles uh, people put in front of Jeremy, including the by-elections. I was a by-election after nine months, I believe, and they said if Jeremy loses this, he's finished, and he should be because he's a disgrace, and because we should be twenty points clear in the polls. All of this sort of stuff. The shoes on the, the the other foot now. Politics is a it's a brutal business, you know. It really is a brutal business, and we've got to step up to the plate. We've got to make sure that we win, partly in Spain. And I'll be there campaigning, by the way, for whoever the candidate uh, might be, because I want to see a Labour victory. Just finally, I know this is something you're very passionate about. Labour was founded over a hundred years ago uh, to be the party of of the working class, party of labor. There were two parties of capital, the liberals and the conservatives. The unions, as well as a coalition of other groups, socialists came together in order to give labor 
a political voice that they were denied. Now, obviously, the working class has changed in composition very dramatically. When Labour was founded, many working class people worked as personal servants. Uh, there was a huge mining industry, shipbuilding industry, manufacturing. These days, people are more likely to work in supermarkets and uh, call centres uh, for you know the delivery type economy for uh, in offices, um, and that goes. You know, a lot of younger people who, for some reason, are excluded. Anyone of the age of 40 is often excluded from being working class, apparently. Being a young person, who, they might not, they might be renting their own home. They might be uh, working in a precarious job, but apparently, no, not working. Um, so, obviously, the working class has changed in composition. I think that's very important. Um, you know, people are working class if they're a black woman working in a supermarket in Hackney as much as they are if they're a, 55-year-old um, uh, ex-steel worker in the Midlands. But with all of that complexities aside, is the Labour Party still the party of the working class? Well, I think that's a, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great question. And, you know, I was I still call myself big style working class one, you know, and I think you might have been referring to me uh, if you ever said somebody uh, of that age would be in a former minor, uh, is he still working class? I see myself is 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 working class. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, over the last few years, there's been a huge debate about what working class and who actually is work, working class. You know what? You're not if you're working class. You shouldn't need to try and prove it to anybody. You're not if you're working class. You're not about you know what are the you know what sort of privileges or otherwise you had when you were brought up. Uh, you know what sort of schools you went to. You know how your how, how your parents managed. You know how your family managed. Uh, you know what your dad and your mom and your family did in terms of employment. You, you know what sort of people you mixed with and what their views were. Uh, you know that the you, you, if you lived in poverty or if as I say if you had the privilege. Um, so that's a great debate at this moment of time. And by the way, it's not just this moment of time. It's it, it's it's a great debate. And I was asking about who was working class because if anybody says to me, uh, Ian, you're not working class. You've got a salary of eighty-two thousand pounds as an MP. I would go mad because I am, and I'll never ever be anything other than working class. I think it was John McLean, the Red Clyde Sider, who said, "Rise with your class." not out of it, then I think that's really important. We see people who are really successful entrepreneurs right across the world who say they started with nothing, rags to riches, uh, and they treat their workforce like absolute rubbish, like dogs muck on the bottom of their shoes. You also see people who uh, who have made, you know, made good, I'll say made good, the likes of you know, MPs in the Commons, who've had the same sort of upbringing as, as perhaps I did. Uh, and, and they, they rightly so, claim to be working class. We've got people in legal, the legal profession, accountants, all have had difficult upbringing uh, and all are still, in my view, right to call themselves working class. It's great to have the debate, by the way. It really, it really is. But you mentioned, you know, the black worker working in Asda, for example as opposed to somebody who might have been working, getting their hands dirty, getting their fingers broken in heavy industry. 
they're working people, they're all working people, and we've got a vast array of working class people right across uh, the, the, the globe. Uh, and we've got to recognize that these are the people who made the party, who built the party, and should never, ever, ever be forgotten. Being working class can mean many different things. But let me just tell you, being working class is here. It's in the heart. You know if you're working class. You know if you're kidding people to tell people for whatever reason you're working class. It's in the heart. Man. It's where you come from. It's how you've been brought up. And it's how we develop your thoughts and your thought processes in in the future. Rise with your class, not out of it. I think that's a great saying. And that's the way I would like to sum it up. Very eloquently and really, really appreciate that. That was great stuff. And I know everyone watching and listening will learn a huge amount. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, do support us on patreon.com forward slash owenjones84. Help us decide who we talk to, what we talk about, the documentaries we do, uh, and also on the supporter function, uh, which you can see in the description. And leave us five stars and a review. It's just helps other people listen uh, and with that thank you so much speak soon planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.